Welcome to Fine Rambles, number 137. You know, a lot of these rules, a lot of these ideas are in how to coordinate behavior and action in a functioning society. They're guidelines for everyday life, for day-to-day life when things are going pretty well. But there's a time when society starts to break down, either through too much order, which is tyranny, or too much chaos, which is anarchy. And it's in that situation that you need a slightly different playbook. You need the hero. And I don't think there's an easy definition. So maybe a hero is the guy who gets the shit kicked out of him, but keeps going. Or a hero is what children are imitating when they play. More mythically, maybe you could say that a hero kills the dragon that's threatening the town. At a more theoretic level, a hero voluntarily confronts the unknown learns from the unknown, and then uses what he has learned to save his community. More, a hero struggles to align himself with reality, and that means he has the courage to adapt. He has the courage to change. And that means that a hero sacrifices himself and is reborn. And he does this because a hero defends what he loves. A hero defends what he loves. And our society used to worship people who acted like heroes. And now we worship people who claim to be victims. And there's something very Christian, pseudo-Christian, maybe, maybe, about worshiping the victim. I mean, hmm. There's Christ, right? (laughs) Right there in front of you all the time as a Christian. He's on the cross. He's been betrayed. He's been tortured. He's been humiliated. And it's not just Christ. Christianity centers the poor, the oppressed. Christianity almost, almost seems to promote weakness. It almost seems to incentivize people to frame themselves as weak. Look at the Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek, those who mourn, those who are persecuted because of righteousness. And it's so easy to cast ourselves into those roles. It's really easy to see ourselves as victims. I mean, let's face it, life is suffering, (laughs) right? We can always find something that's going wrong in our lives. We can always find something that isn't fair. And, And a victim needs an oppressor. You can't have one without the other. And that means if we cast ourselves in the role of the victim, we are forced, we're forced to see other people as oppressors. And then, I mean, of course, we're going to blame them for everything that's wrong with our lives. It's so wonderfully easy, that approach. Nothing is our fault. Nothing is our responsibility. We have no agency, no animus. We never have to feel bad. We never have to feel guilty. We never have to examine our own beliefs, our own decisions. No, it's other people that are the problem. 
It's other people who need to change. It's other people who need to take responsibility. I mean, this is an amazing philosophy. We get to do nothing and we get to be virtuous at the same time. But this is all wrong. Wrong, 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 all of it. This is all wrong. It's the wrong lens completely. (laughs) At least in my opinion. (laughs) I see Christianity very differently. Now, caveat, caveat, caveat. I'm not a Christian. Let me repeat that. I am not a Christian. And I know I'm using the language of religion a lot here, but I'm no religious scholar either. Okay, I'm talking out of my ass. (laughs) But, (laughs) the fulcrum of the but, I see Christianity not as centering weakness, but as but as acknowledging it. Does that make sense? Look, we're fragile. We're mortal. We're sinful. But we have the potential to be strong. Look at the Beatitudes again. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. These are not easy virtues. Virtue, I would say by definition, is difficult. And if you think I'm wrong, if you think these are easy virtues, if you think virtue is something that is naturally easy, then try to forgive your enemies. (laughs) Try it. Try setting aside justice and turning instead to mercy. Try making peace when you're angry and resentful and full of rage. (laughs) You try making peace then. Try turning the other cheek then. I think you will find out how much strength is required. Weakness is not virtue. Virtue requires strength. So Jesus, in my opinion, was not preaching weakness. He was not offering an easy path. He forgives, but he demands change. In that parable, what does he tell the adulteress? Go and sin no more. That's not the move of a coddler. That's not the move of someone who exalts weakness and victimhood. I picture him saying, go, and she turns away triumphant, a a smile starting to creep across her face, and Jesus grabs her wrist. She turns back, shocked, and sin no more. That's not a suggestion. That's a command. He doesn't say, you do you, girl, but maybe if you feel like it, obey the law from now on. Are we cool? No. Sin no more. And yes, we are weak. Yes, we are easily tempted. Yes, we are born with the original sin of our, of our hind brain. But weakness is not a virtue. Getting stronger is a virtue. And we can get stronger. We can get better. We can do better. And Jesus has enough faith in us, (laughs) right? He has faith in us to demand that we do better. He loves us enough to demand it. And there's this weird subcurrent today in our culture 
that says the exact opposite. It says we don't have to try. We don't have to change a thing. There's no better you than the you that you are. Just be yourself. That is, pardon my French, bullshit. The people who don't want you to do better, they don't love you. The people who, who accept your weakness, they don't love you. They don't even care about you. When your weakness drags you into misery and despair, when your weakness drags you right into hell, they won't even notice. The person who offers you the easy path is asking you to walk into hell. And, and it works the other way, too. If you love someone, you want to get stronger. For them, you want to become a better version of yourself. For them, so you can be a better role model. So you can help them get stronger. Move in, in the direction of, of Christ. Well, how? Jesus, in the Bible, usually instructs through parable. But here, he is specific. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Okay, that's the end of this arc. <laughs> I apologize for, for testing your patience. That's all I've got. I will catch you later.